Words matter. Not only is that true in our everyday lives, that's especially true in schools and in education. Often, we'll get the wrong outcomes because we're using the wrong words and therefore looking for the wrong things. Schools are often described as being in the information or the knowledge business. And I'm going to argue that that's actually the wrong outlook and we should be aiming for something else. Hi, I'm Milton Allen Turner and welcome to the first episode of my Worldviews podcast. All too often in politics, society, and especially in education, I find that we're speaking the wrong language. We talk about things like tolerance and assimilation when discussing diversity instead of talking about respect, acceptance, and inclusion. As a teacher of languages and cultures, I believe it's my job to get students to appreciate and embrace the differences between cultures, not simply reinforcing similarities. In the same way, we often refer to schools as being in the education or the information business. I believe that instead, schools are in the wisdom business. Our ultimate goal should not be to pass on information to our students, but rather to equip them to be wise enough to use the information they acquire in responsible and productive ways. Back when I was a high school sophomore, I truly enjoyed reading the novel The Scarlet Letter. My interest wasn't in the character of Hester Prynne or Reverend Arthur Dimsdale or Roger Chillingworth, but rather in Hester's illegitimate daughter, Pearl, dressed in bright red, contrasting with the drab garb of the Puritans, screaming wildly at the other children, throwing rocks at animals. She captured my imagination from the start. The inhabitants of Salem called her the demon offspring. Since she has no knowledge of her past and does not know who her father is, she believes in the townspeople and acts accordingly. Nearly from her birth, Pearl is identified with her mother's scarlet letter and asks Hester if it is the mark of the, quote, black man of the forest, otherwise known as the devil. Hester answers that it is. And so Pearl believes herself to truly be a child of the devil. However, at the end of the novel, after learning that Reverend Dimsdale is her true father and she is indeed of a natural birth, Pearl calms down, marries, and is described as being, quote, happy. While we might find it quaint or even strange that a child would consider herself to be a child of the devil, we should keep in mind at least two facts. The first is that 17th century Puritans actually believed that the devil could have intercourse with humans in their sleep. But the second is that Pearl is the child. Her experience, or rather her history, is too limited for her to have the wisdom to understand any other possibilities than those that were presented to her. Books printed between 1455, the invention of Gutenberg's press, and in 1501, are described as being in cannabula, or in a cradle stage, to show that the technology of printing was still in its infancy. Conventions that we now take for granted in printing, such as paragraphs, pagination, chapter divisions, and title pages, were all born out of a 50-year period of experimentation. I suggest 
that in many ways, modern education is also in cannabula or in early stages of development. And like Pearl, searching for an identity. The maturation process has never been easy nor comfortable. And while we must necessarily pass through this period in cannabula, it need not be as prolonged or turbulent as Pearl's. With sufficient guidance, patience, and wisdom, we can confidently lead the next generation ex-cannabulous out of the cradle into an adulthood hopefully as productive and happy as Pearl's. According to the British historian Sir Louis Namier, the crowning achievement of historical study is to acquire an historical sense, that is, an intuitive understanding of how things do not happen. I believe that the true goal of education should be to instill in students the wisdom or global sense to know how the world does not work. In other words, to create a BS meter, to be able to recognize how things don't work and call out BS when they see it. Should instill in our students the desire to discover more than just reflections of themselves in other cultures and encourage them to embrace the world and the myriad cultures exactly as they are, not as they want them to be. We should no longer just teach facts or convey information. We have to provide experiences that allow students to gain insight and wisdom. We should be equipping our students with BS meters, this ability to critically analyze how things do and do not happen and what should and should not be. But unfortunately, not much is going to change in education until two things happen. First, educators and education needs to be valued. No one would ever dream of having non-engineers telling engineers how to do their jobs. But since nearly everyone has gone to school, everyone thinks they understand education and knows how to tell teachers how to teach. Just because I've had two knee surgeries doesn't mean that I'm qualified to be an orthopedic surgeon. Or even worse, just because someone is able to find and watch a YouTube video about how to repair a patellar tendon, it doesn't mean that they should actually perform the surgery. Expertise needs to be recognized and valued. Secondly, we also need to address school funding. While money may not be able to solve every problem in our educational system, the lack of money is at the root of nearly every problem. Money can't buy everything, but poverty can't buy a damn thing. If our children are truly important to us, we must invest in them and in their education. And I mean all of them, not just our own kids or our neighbor's kids, but everybody's kids. Because it'll probably be the kids that you don't know today who'll be the ones that will design your cars, build your bridges, and operate on your knees in the future. How much is it worth to you that they'll be well prepared to perform these jobs and anticipate any problems? Or are you okay with them getting a second or a third rate education and doing a half-assed job on things that will affect your life and your safety? Are you willing to take the gamble that you can buy wisdom on the cheap? Unless we demand a first-rate education for all of our children, then we are all at risk. The problem is, 
Some of us haven't grown wise enough to see this yet. Some of our BS meters are broken. Or worse, they were never working properly in the first place. Let's stop making the same mistakes over and over again. Let's invest in and support education so that it can truly be in the wisdom business. Thank you for listening to the first episode of my podcast, Worldviews. In upcoming episodes, I'll be talking about several different topics such as coded language, how people can use language to hide their true meaning or to manipulate you in both politics, society, and business. I'll also be talking about the importance of words and the importance of names and getting behind the controversy behind changing names of sports teams such as Indians, Redskins, and Braves. I'll also be getting into the critical race theory controversy and particularly how it does not apply to schools and what it is and what it is not and what people are really concerned about in the first place. I'll also be talking about social justice in the world and in the classroom and its proper place, discussing what it is, what it is not, as well as getting into a little bit of history teaching and reconstruction versus redemption. So I hope you enjoyed it. I look forward to seeing you next time. This is Milton Allen Turner looking forward to seeing you again and talking about worldviews. <laughs>